I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 412 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, August 2nd, 2020, the first August of the year, and we're in summer, and it's hot as hell out, and I don't like it here in West Virginia. But I'm Chris, here like normal, but joining me this week, Mr. Anthony Bachman and someone else. And the child. Yeah, he says it's hot as balls in Boise, Idaho, too. Hot as balls. Do do the hand wave. His robe is too thick. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this little fucking thing's awesome. I love it. Oh. Okay, the mask has to come off though. Yeah, there's no need to podcast in a mask. Where's where's the fun in that? You're socially distanced uh, already, like you should be. Problem solved. Hot, hot as balls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the only person I invite over to my house. Is tiny green Yoda-like children with force powers. I mean, if you gotta invite a kid over to the house, that's probably the way yeah. to do it. He's my homie. He sits and watches TV with me. He's pretty cool. We do love some TV. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? And if you're normally expecting one Willie Nelson to be here, Willie is on vacation this week. We assume he is mobile once again to be able to be out of his house, so... We won't be going to the quad screen or the tri screen because there's no reason. And I don't think, I think the gimmick of pretending like Willie's here by using the soundboard may have passed. I don't know. <laughs> eh, it depends. I have a feeling you'll hit a button or two. It depends on how bored I get. We'll see what happens on it. I, I'm, I'm not super concerned about it. We'll see what goes. You say 412. Did I miss 411? 411 was last so week. Unless I did I, the notes wrong. Unless I, maybe I forgot my... I didn't update my notebook. Yes, last, last week was 411 with Peter G, a.k.a. Sailor Poland. Having that's right, us. that's right. Apparently I didn't update my notebook last week. Well, on that note, you're fired. Not that I have any capability to cool, do. Cool, I'm going back to sleep because I, I had three hours in two different chunks and I'm fucking exhausted. That sounds pretty terrible, actually. I have no idea why. I literally didn't like do any energy drinks or anything yesterday. Went, you know, was up late. It's like, eh, I'm going to head to bed. Didn't end up falling asleep to almost two, and for some odd reason, startled, woke up wide fucking awake at like 5.04 a.m. Like, I've been asleep for three hours. Why the fuck am I awake? I like got up, walked around, checked the house, like, you know, no noise in the parking lot, no anything I could see or hear. And yeah, eventually fell back asleep like 20 minutes later. God damn it. Well, welcome to the world of waking. It sucks. I want to go back to bed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's time for a breakfast burrito on a movie kind of day. Oh, man. I had a bagel this morning for breakfast. It was bagely, I guess, for lack of a better term. I mean, it was bread like. I don't really know how to drive up interest in it. It's not like I made a breakfast sandwich out of it. That would have been good. I was too lazy to go fry up an egg. I mean, you, you toast a bagel, you go and fry up an egg with a little bit of cheese on top and. Maybe some bacon or Canadian bacon and make sure that yolk is nice and runny so that when you put that between the two pieces of bagel and bite in, just the yolk explodes. That's tasty right there. 
Then you can uh, use uh, that bagel and wipe just, off the yolk, and it's tasty. It's good stuff. I hate runny yolk. Oh, uh, man, I'm, I'm, do it. I'm all for some scrambled eggs. Scrambled's a fried right. hard egg if I have to. Other than that, I want my eggs scrambled. I've just never been a fan. Like when I see people like dip like their toast in the runny yolk, I'm like, oh, that's oh, tasty. Oh. That's good for it. It looks so gross. Well, you should give it a try. You might find out you like it. I didn't think I'd like it. Then I tried. That's it, true. I, I, I liked it. I haven't tried a runny egg in like 25 years, so <laughs> it might be one of those things I do like now. I actually don't mind guacamole anymore. Same I used to yeah. hate that stuff. I hated I couldn't sushi stand avocado. when I was a kid. Now I love sushi, which is problematic because it's expensive. And, uh, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, but ordering delivery <laughs> sushi, I don't know, oh, man. Yeah, I did. I did get sushi back on my wife and I's anniversary. I went and go picked it. Went to go pick it up. Excuse me, from one of our favorite restaurants in town, which was nice. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I don't really want them to have to take my raw fish and set it out on a stand out by the door. Now, granted, they didn't do it until I was there. But I was like, I want to minimize the exposure of my raw fish to 90-degree days. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah, not not only just raw fish delivery, but raw fish delivery in the middle of summer when it's hot as hell. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, it was good. And, and that's why I won't do delivery sushi because I don't know how long it's going to be in someone's hot car when they're delivering a whole bunch of other stuff on their way to me. So that too. I, I, I guess I just need to overcome my own... Uh, shut-in nature that I've developed as of late because of the pandemic helping reinforce that and be like, I should just go and pick up sushi if I really want it. I just That's right. Drive down to your local gas station and grab you some sushi. Oh, no, no, no. I can go to my local <laughs> grocery store and get it. I don't know that our gas station... I don't know if Sheets has sushi. I don't remember it. Yeah, don't- ours don't, but our yeah, our local... Like our Albertsons, our grocery stores actually have sushis. It actually, they've actually put like a... I guess it's a sushi chef in mm-hmm. each of the Albertsons because it's actually its own section next to the bakery now. Like they have a stand, they have an iced uh, case in front of it, and they actually have someone that comes in every day and makes fresh sushi rolls. So I mean, yeah, it's definitely not bad for you know small town Idaho supermarkets. They do and the, I've had all their different rolls; they're tasty. They do the same at our Kroger's here, and we've got like three Kroger's nice. within ten minutes of my house. So they do that, and then. It's actually pretty decent sushi. If you can get it when it's fresh, like right as they make it. The only problem is, and I found this out when I was taking it for work, I would go and buy it. And generally it's got about a day and a half of shelf time. If you don't go and take the wasabi and ginger out, once you get it home from Mm -hmm. the store and you let it sit in the fridge overnight with loose wasabi and ginger in there, your sushi all tastes like ginger just because the flavor of the raw ginger in there just permeates everything. So the first thing I have to do is just be like, nope, scrape this out because I don't eat it anyways. But yeah, (laughs) this has been Sushi Talk on the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. And and all all I can hear is Ruxin saying, the sushi's loose! I miss that show. Where where are you from? Omaha. Omaha, yeah. (laughs) Omaha? Yes, Omaha. Omaha? Yeah, (laughs) Omaha. That's what I said, dude. Nebraska? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the, that's got to be the funniest role fucking uh, all the Fantastics ever played. Yeah, it was the racist good. sushi chef. <laughs> I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese beer. I just prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good show. I missed that show. I miss sports in general. Although there was hockey on last night, so I watched hockey for a little bit. There was basketball on last night, and there was baseball on. Nobody in any of the stands, except for at the NBA games, they had like some of the staff 
and stuff that were working there watching the game. So there was actually crowd noise. But it's so weird watching like MLB stuff. I've only watched a little bit, but like they're piping in crowd music or crowd background noises and stuff on like the Fox broadcasts. Yeah. And there's baseball so boring. I wouldn't notice the difference if there was no fans. And they're putting CG folks in the stands in the outfield, too, which is also kind of strange. It's like cardboard cutouts behind home that plate. And then out in the stands, it's like CG fans. And I guess I saw this on Twitter. I didn't go and confirm it myself. It just made me laugh. But someone's like, man, this is about the most on-brand thing ever. The Mets CG fans are leaving the stands in the seventh inning. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the CG fans were filtering, were getting slightly delete, were getting removed from the stands as the game progressed in a blowout. Wow. Was, I was like, man, that, some interns making their money. Yeah, that's fitting. Doing it right. Uh, didn't didn't fucking because like baseball is like the most socially distant sport anyways like there's no contact and didn't they already have an outbreak yeah that's because the players that caused that to happen were irresponsible some of them went to go eat out in public Shocking. and didn't quarantine what was the other ones i don't think it was a strip club but the story sounds better if i say strip club i think that was one it of was the, a strip club. that was one of the they nba players that left the else. bubble he left the bubble for a family <laughs> thing and then stopped to get chicken wings at a strip club on his way back to the bubble i can't remember <laughs> which player that, it was that sounds on brand for the nba well yeah i just i needed chicken wings duh why wouldn't i i just had to stop, stop at the strip club get some chicken wings like that's duh I mean, why wouldn't i i imagine the strip club's gonna have food sometimes but I wonder if at the strip club, if they take the mask off, too, or if there's everything else that comes off. <laughs> huh, you got to pay only, extra for the mask. Only in the champagne room <laughs> do they take the mask off. <laughs> there you go. Now strippers with busted grills can, can you know, get more work because no one can see their teeth. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the strip clubs are just overflowing with people right now. Oh, yeah. In, in, in the time of COVID. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that time's ever going anywhere right now. Yeah, no shit. I, I do. Uh, have to... I, was gonna say, I made a joke to Sean S. Jordan. Uh, do you listen to All Fantasy Everything? Have you no. heard? Uh, um, they always joke because, uh, like me, he's a secondary black belt in Taekwondo, and he's a comedian. So, like, there's lots of jokes about that because he seems like the nicest guy in the world, but he actually does have martial arts training. So they make jokes about it all the time. I said I have a joke on Twitter the other day. I was like, you know what? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is canceled. In the time of COVID nineteen, Taekwondo is the only socially responsible martial art. Taekwondo is here to stay because it's the one sport where you stay six feet away from each other. The the <laughs> amount of space that someone can move and throw a kick is about six feet, depending on your height and leg length. And so, yeah, it's the only martial art you could actually really practice right now. Everybody else is making con- who Who's going to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu studio right now and rolling? No one. No one's getting that close to somebody else and letting them, like, smother them and sweat on them. Ugh. No one's doing that. Makes me remember you can go practice taekwondo all day. Makes me remember <laughs> uh, high school wrestling, where uh, our regular coach couldn't make it, so they had subbed in one of the other guys who was not of a wrestling background. Was he taekwondo background? Coach Gabe, and he, oh, people God. are grappling. He's like, and now you kick him in the leg. We're like, Coach, Coach Gabe, we can't do that. <laughs> but it was like, well, the, you can. It was the most it's hilarious just... practice ever because like, and now you kick them, and now you use your elbow in the back of their face. I'm like, you can't do that, Coach whoa, Gabe. Whoa, what kind of taekwondo was he doing? I think he no was just elbows. Getting, I think he was just getting way too into it and screwing around with us. I mean, this apparently. Is, this is almost 20 years. This is probably 20 years ago <laughs> when this happened. So it's been ages ago, but oh yeah. Coach Gabe. <laughs> what a, what That's a funny. They had him, they had him teach a wrestling class. And he had no clue apparently what he was doing. I mean, they're, they're like, well, you have some experience in martial arts. Maybe some of that I'll carry over. Cause our regular coach, he never missed practice. He had like a family emergency or something come up and couldn't make it. So 
it was either we had Coach Gabe there or we didn't get to practice, and we had a tournament yeah. that weekend. So it was we were practicing, best I can recall. But that was one of my fond memories. <laughs> Going back to COVID, though, I mean, I, I look around here. We're all wearing masks. We're all still socially distancing. And then I go into my YouTube subscriptions, and I, I follow some folks who are like world travelers that go around the world and do stuff. And the one dude is in, like, uh, Switzerland, and there's barely any instance of the virus there. They're able to take their masks off to do a few things here and there. I'm like, man, I'm looking at the camera work as he's, like, walking around and showing some stuff off in Switzerland. And I go, I, I wish I could take my mask off or feel confident going out in public right now. Right now, I, I think about yeah. going out in public and almost break out in hives sometimes. Yeah, that's what it's like in countries where people actually fucking listen to scientists and did what they were supposed to do instead of throwing COVID parties in giant fucking swamp pools and lakes. Yeah. And said, I'm wasting money buying more masks from fucking the Disney store. So I got the child and I, I got R2 and I and I got just the word Star Wars a bunch of times. And then the, the classic. It's got like the original poster art figures nice. on it. Yeah, so I, I have four Star Wars masks and four Marvel masks now. They all arrived this week. I, I bought a few masks from a local vendor at one point in time. My mom made a bunch and sent them down my way. So we've got masks out the wazoo. My wife's got her Pokemon masks because mom made some of those. I've got some Star Wars ones and some flying WV, West Virginia University ones, things like that. So it worked out all right. Um, and yeah, still half the people around fucking Boise, Idaho, it's, it's the reddest state in the fucking union. They don't wear masks because it's their right. They don't have to wear a mask. Right. Even if stores have signs that say no admission without a mask. So yeah, I just walk around all day getting dirty looks whenever I leave my house because fuck them. I, I got fucking fucked up lungs. I catch this shit. It'll kill me. I don't leave my house that often. <laughs> I'll be honest anymore. I think I, I make a point of once a week I go out and drive my car so it's not sitting in the garage, but like. I bought a new car in November, and then starting at the end of March, they put us on telework for work. I've gone to work once between March and now because I had to go pick up a new token to be able to access my email. I picked that up, mm. and I don't think in a month I've driven more than about 15 miles anymore because I don't go to work. I don't go anywhere, and work was my biggest thing. It was 70 miles a day for work. So I'm sitting here, I'm going, man. man, I need to update my car insurance because that <laughs> mileage is going way the hell down for 2020. No <laughs> well, I mean, realistically, like I got, you know, put on admin leave in February, fired in April. I've been on unemployment since I've driven out to my parents' house twice in Nampa, which is like 16 miles away. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I've honestly left my house maybe six times since February. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I'm a homebody anyways. And then you tell me there's a fucking disease that attacks the lungs and the breathing where I went to rejoin the military after I finished college and I got a letter from the Army Surgeon General saying I am permanently disqualified from any and all active duty service because of damage done to my lungs from like 18 years of smoking and fucking fiberglass insulation when I did insulation work when I was in fucking high school. And then who knows how many different types of fucking asbestos I was exposed to in the Navy, like all sorts of shit. But yeah, like I have, you know, like basically like slight COPD where I have trouble like exhaling as much as I should be able to in breathing tests. Like, but yeah, my, my lungs suck. So yeah, I catch this shit. It'll kill my ass. I ain't risking it. Yeah, I'm not. Like, it's not worth it. going outside. Yeah, I've been ordering pizzas. I order a pizza, I eat on that for three days, and then have some ramen. Like, I mean, and here's the thing: like 
our movie theaters are supposed to start opening up again, like in August. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I bought my prepaid for a year of Regal's Unlimited. I'm like, well, I got three oh, months of yeah. use out of it. And they have, <laughs> they turned it off while they're closed, but they're going to reopen. And I'm sure they'll let people cancel, but I'm like, I prepaid. Are you going to prorate my money back to me if I try and cancel? Dude, because they're not. Because I'm not going to the movie theaters until there's a vaccine at this point in time. Because I just don't want to chance it. Because people are a-holes. People are going to wear their mask long enough to go in there and be like, I'm eating popcorn through the whole movie. And they'll have like three pieces of popcorn so they don't have to wear a mask. They'll cough on people because they never pay attention. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not dealing with it. I'm not taking that chance. I don't want this. Yeah, I mean, unless I could afford to buy the 20 seats around me. Like, yeah, because, I mean, the only theater I go to has assigned seating. Mm -hmm. I have literally thought about waiting for some of the showings at some of the smaller screens because there are sections of the VIP where you could buy, like, nine seats. Okay, And you would be buying half of the upstairs VIP section to where literally no one would be within 20 feet of me. And I've literally thought about that. Like, if I needed to go, if I really wanted to see a movie... How much would it cost to buy nine VIP seats? <laughs> yeah. It'd be like 90 bucks. It's like, that's the only way I'm going to go see a fucking movie, which honestly means I'm I'm sad to say it, but I have a feeling Black Widow is going to be the movie that breaks my Marvel streak. And it's nothing against that movie, but I'm not risking death to go see Black do, Widow in the theater. Do you think it's actually going to come out on the date they're projecting now? I'm going to be shocked I if most doubt of those... it, but I think it's going to be the first one that hits the theater. And I think Disney's going to want their money before that they before they're willing to wait for a fucking vaccine because they already open their fucking parks. It's like every other company; they'll open their parks but not their offices. They want money coming in, but they don't give a fuck about the general public. Mm. They're still saving their own people to not have them go to work. But, oh, no, the park should be open. We need your money. Yeah. Yeah, any place that's opening their fucking, the, their business end is open, but their offices aren't staffed, fuck those companies. All of them. If you're willing to open up to the general public and make your front-facing employees risk death, but you're not fully having everybody come back into your main offices at, like, your headquarters buildings, fuck you. Fuck all of you. Your dicks. All of you. Money-gripping bastards. I don't really think most of the movies that are projected they've put release dates on now. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's all going to keep shifting right because every time we think we're over it, people are like, aha, we're on the home stretch. I can stop being responsible again. I can take my mask off and act like a fool and then it all starts up again. So I will be shocked in all honesty if we get any new movies in theaters this year. Yeah, I I mean, because we've seen Nolan. He's pushing, pushing so hard because apparently... There's something in his contract that says that Tenet has to go to theaters. And Nolan wants like, to be the savior of cinema. That's what it is. Yeah. I, well, I, I think that's more of what it is. Uh, my feelings have changed a lot for Christopher Nolan over the years. Now he kind of comes off as one of those prima donna filmmakers to me. And I'm just kind of like, oh, he's eh. pretentious as hell. He still makes good movies, but he's definitely pretentious. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't I, need someone to come save the movie theater to give me that good cinema experience. You know what? I'd rather be safer and rent Tenet and watch it in my home theater than have to go to a movie theater to get the best ideal experience and potentially get COVID and die because of idiots around me. He, he can push Tenet in the theaters. I'll sit at home and watch the next Scott Atkins martial arts right. flick on VOD. Because you know what? He's not trying to get me killed to watch his movie. And Scott Atkins is goddamn entertaining. I think He's got another movie coming yeah. out that looks great. I think we're going to see a lot of folks doing what we saw right when the lockdown started, which is, hey, we're just going to release this on the internet, and you can pay 20 bucks for a rental. And you know what? I'd pay 20 bucks to rent Black Widow to watch it in my house. Yeah. I'd pay it. 
I'd pay 20 bucks to rent Tenet and watch it in my house. I'd pay 20 bucks to watch some of these other things. But a lot of these other movies that were supposed to be coming out this summer, they've already pushed to next year. Like the new Fast and Furious pushed back a year. A bunch of other yeah. stuff that were supposed to be the big summer blockbusters. They just pushed them back a year and said, yep, not chancing this. Yeah, that's why it's time to watch new shows on Netflix and DVDs that just arrived in the mail. Well, the problem is when Netflix uh, runs out of stuff in their uh, back catalog that they've got already done because they haven't quite gone back to start filming yet on a lot of things. True, but yeah. Netflix has so much stuff on it. You can't really run out of Netflix. Also, it's like reaching the end of the internet. Also, if you watch everything on Netflix, you haven't slept. <laughs> I think it's also why they paid for the rights to have like supermarket sweep from the 90s on Netflix because you know a bunch of people were like, oh, I remember this show. It's just become the yeah. dumb thing to binge in the background and then post pictures of on Twitter and go, yeah. why the, the hell did people shows. wear yeah. this in the 90s? Yeah, and there's been like there's so much game shows right now because people like go like they can go to a studio, record twenty episodes in a day. You know, they COVID test everybody, record twenty episodes in a day, and then put out two seasons of a show. It's like, okay, this works. Like there's so many game shows right now, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Netflix has the floor is lava. Like, dear God. It's just dumb programming. What's dumb, easy programming? Yeah, that you know, it just it's taking up people's time. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy though, it, but it's dumb as hell. Yeah, I, I've, I've been looking for stuff to rewatch, and someone had mentioned a show that I hadn't seen in forever, I think on Douglas Movies, and I checked on Amazon, and the DVD box set had probably got out in price, so I ordered it, and I have the collector's edition now of Space Above and Beyond, the complete oh, series. I'm afraid that may not have aged as well as I remember. That's the one with the nipple necks! Yeah. Where the clones are made in tanks, and so they have nipples on the back of their necks, and the AI robots... What was it? Their, their their creator told them to take a chance, and they added that as like the fourth rule. And so they're robots that are insanely addicted to gambling, and so they're willing to risk like their whole race on any gamble. Like it seems insane. I can't wait to watch it. Or, I again. haven't I watched that show when yeah, it was on. I haven't watched it since it was actually on TV. So my memories yeah. of this show are incredibly fuzzy because this is what like mid nineties at yeah I, I mid say it was early like nineties. Yeah, it was, I want to say it was like 92 or 93. I'll yeah. check real quick. But yeah, I just got the the box set showed up. I ordered it from Amazon. It was like 45 bucks, I think. But like before, I remember looking it up before, and it was one of those ones where there were so few copies of it that on Amazon, people were charging like $300 for the box mm. set. I was like, oh, I'm not paying that for it. But yeah, like it had, the, what was it? The, the, wing, the, the Winged Angels? Death from Above was like the, it was 1995. So yeah, it was my junior year in high school. So yeah, so like I was at like peak ready for a badass show about space marines and crazy robots and clones, and then I went off and joined the military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was around like season two or three of Babylon Five, which is more what I was watching at that time. That and Star Trek, I I remember watching this, but it never really hooked me as much as like B Five or the different Treks and stuff like that. I, I but I remember watching it. I just don't remember yeah, all the it, details. And it was weird. I mean, 95, we're talking about 11-year-old Chris, so I don't really remember. <laughs> I don't really remember yeah. everything about this show. Yeah, I was 16, 17, so yeah, like, it, it was in my sweet spot. Yeah, this was, like, as I'm getting ready to... Actually, this was as I was joining the military, this show was on TV, because I joined during November my junior year of high school. So I wasn't even a senior in high school yet when I joined the delayed entry program. So I was joining the Navy and then watching this show about space marines. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it was fitting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching it because yeah, it's it may not have aged well. There are 23 right. episodes. There's something. It's, to, it's got good stuff in it. There's it some, has nipple necks. 
come on. There's something to be said for going back and rewatching some of those shows that you loved when you were younger. I mean, I, I can't judge. I'm yeah. going back and doing my Babylon 5 rewatch right now. It's good, yeah, there's, but there's some bad you, special effects. Yeah, until you, and until you rewatch something, you don't know how well it aged. Because like, there's some, you know, some, lots of that stuff that we watch as kids. Some of it aged well, some of it does not age well I mean, at all. To be fair, it's probably been about 10 years since my last B5 rewatch. There was a while there where I was doing it more often, but... I mean, I'm thinking about also doing a Battlestar Galactica rewatch of the reboot, not the original one. I, never... oh, I was going to say, yeah, the 70s? Like, nah, 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 nah. We're that, talking that's like hard. The Katie Sackoff, Edward James Almost one. Nice. Well, just, if you're going to do that, you got a podcast you can listen to along with it if you do a rewatch. Have yeah. you seen the the Mark Bernardin? Um, Trisha Helfer one? Trisha Helfer. I'm like, how can I not think of Six's name? Like, she's one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. Trisha Helfer! The, the devil's mom fucking dracula like she's the coolest chick in the world <laughs> yeah like trisha helfer yeah she she's fucking six she's dracula and she's god's wife like what a cool set of characters that chick has played and like and honestly i love her on um katie sackoff's youtube channel trisha because her and trisha are actual friends like she shows up all the time and they go do dumb stuff together like like the cryogenic freezing centers in la and like went and got shots and stuff together and like the videos of those two just being idiots together like driving around in katie sackoff's car are fucking hilarious because they're like they're they're two of the most gorgeous women on the planet and when they're together they're just a couple of knuckleheads and they just love making each other laugh and it's so fun to see because yeah they're just they're goofballs. They're both just total fucking goofballs. And they like motorcycles too, which is also oh, yeah, fun to yeah. see their bikes. Although I saw something on Twitter that Katie Sackhoff's not allowed to ride a motorcycle now because of her contract for some show she's on. So people are like, why the hell? She's like, oh. well, I kind of have a responsibility not to get hurt if I'm going to be leading a show. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. She's the lead of her uh, her Netflix show. I, did um, that get a season two? It got a season two, okay. and I believe they finished filming it right before the, the COVID thing happened. I heard season one wasn't that good. I liked it. Okay. It was, I mean, it's a, it's a different take on like a space travel thing. Cause it's, it's one of those ones that's like where we find like a, like a space artifact, which gives us directions to go somewhere. And so there one set of people is dealing with that. And then other people are in a, in a spacecraft, like going to check out like the information that we got. And so she's the captain of the ship that's going to go check shit out. Mm-hmm. And like during the first season, part of her crew mutinies. And like crazy shit happens, but no, it was it's an interesting show. I I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to season two, but for the life of me right now, I can't think of what the fuck the name of the show is. But After, I know it. I want to say they did a season two. I can't remember. I wanted to say Afterlife, but that's not right. That actually that might be. I don't know. There's a little thing uh, called the IMDb's that I'm yeah, trying to pull I'm, up. I'm right looking now. up the yeah. I'm looking up the Katie right now. We'll see what happens. Another life. Another life. Yes. Yeah, I mean, she's Nico Breckenridge. Nico. But we are yeah, forgetting her Nico's most a badass. We are forgetting her most iconic role. It's not Starbuck. It's not this role. It's bitch pudding on a on a <laughs> robot no, chicken. No, it's it's doll in Chronicles of Riddick. No, no, no. It's bitch pudding <laughs> on, <laughs> on robot chicken. No, it was funny as I was watching a video. She was talking about like the different body shape she's gotten into with different characters, and she talked about I'd forgotten that she was in the original Riddick movie, and I the on her video she was talking about how much weight she put on for that role, and it was the biggest she ever was. And when you watch that movie, you can't tell at all because she's standing next to Vin Diesel and Dave Bautista. 
So she looks tiny as fuck. And she's like, that's the biggest I ever was. I gained all this muscle and I'm standing next to Dave Batista. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Anyone looks tiny next to Dave Batista. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, she, Vin Diesel looks tiny next to Dave she, Batista. She's also Bo-Katan. So That's the real true. thing is, are we going to see her in the Mandalorian? There's a rumor that she would she's be on the cast. Someone had said something that she'd be reprising her role. And I think it leaked out at one point in time, but I don't know that we've gotten the secondary confirmation, but I will say this. It was not from a source like we got this that had it. So I'm <laughs> more inclined yeah. to believe it. Anytime someone cites their website anymore, I always go, Oh, you idiots. Don't give them yeah. clicks. That one, that one's, that one is fake news. Damn it. Fake news. Phrase. Fake news. You know what also uh, isn't? You know what isn't fake news though? Our news. The news of the week. <laughs> Helps if I hit the right button. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. Welcome to the News of the Week. It's that part of the show where when I don't hit the button wrong, we run down what's in our minds. It's the most interesting, geeky, and or nerdy news to have popped up here in the last week. And share it with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date. I was going to volunteer to go first, barring any objections. Go for it. All right, so mine's kind of a two-part news story. It's kind of to give us some insight as to what Microsoft might be looking at for the future of online slash multiplayer gaming with the release of the Xbox Series X. Earlier this week, there was a rumor that had dropped that Halo Infinite's multiplayer would be free to play. A lot of people poo-pooed it and went, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Microsoft did officially confirm that Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play, will support up to 120 frames per second on the Series X. Meaning, if you have a Series X... You can play Halo multiplayer. The way I understand this is you're not having to buy the copy. You can play. They're going to implement some kind of battle pass system from what I understand. That's potentially how they're going to monetize that to get people to play weekly challenges and things like that on there. But Halo Infinite multiplayer on the uh, Xbox Series X free and at 120 frames per second. That's pretty freaking slick. Nice. Yeah, they put a $10 battle pass on it where you get skins and stuff. Then that way they have a way to monetize it, but you make it free for everybody to play. You have a much better chance of your entire like Halo audience wanting to play it. And then if yeah, if it's a good you know if it's a good um good play experience, they're more likely to buy the battle pass. That's how Apex gets all my goddamn money. Exactly. Uh, They had tweeted officially on the thirty first at Halo account, uh, July thirty first four thirty six p.m. Halo is for everyone. We can confirm Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play and will support 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X. More details will be shared later. I think that is really cool, and it kind of points towards another thing that has been rumored is, uh, I don't know if you would notice this, since you're in the PlayStation ecosystem, you may not have, but you can no longer buy 12-month Xbox Live Gold cards online anymore. You could buy the three-month and the one-month cards, but the 12-month ones are no longer for sale. So I think you mentioned that last week, the idea that they might be moving their their subscription model. Mm-hmm. And this this Halo news combined with that kind of has everyone going, hmm, what are they doing here? And there are a lot of folks that are now starting to theorize that Microsoft is going to make online multiplayer gaming on the Xbox consoles free. You don't have to be a gold subscriber anymore to do it. 
which is kind of a cool differentiating point between what Switch has been doing and what Sony does for non-free games. Like, my understanding is if you're playing, uh, say, uh, well, my, my brain fart, what's the... Oh my god, I can't remember. Say you're playing Apex Legends on PS4 since it is a free game that you just buy things for. You don't have to have PlayStation Network account or subscription yeah, to as, be able to do it. As far as I know, you can play games like that online. It's, I'm trying to remember there was something that... I think Fortnite that, also. Yeah. Because originally, all those ones, is like you had to have the PlayStation Network, and then it's like, no, these games are free to play, and they're all access for anybody on PlayStation. Right, but say, so, hypothetically, you had a Call yeah. of Duty game. Since that is not a free-to-play game, that's a yeah. pay game, then you did then, have to have a PlayStation Network yeah. account, was my understanding, and a subscription. So Yeah, what uh, it, Battlefront, that was the one that got me. Okay. Yeah, it was Battlefront, because we couldn't play it unless we had a PlayStation. We had to have PS Plus to play the multiplayer on Battlefront, even though it was it was a multiplayer game with a campaign mode. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I remember now. Because yeah, because it wasn't a free to play game. So what it looks like now is that Microsoft is adopting the approach of if you want to play a multiplayer game online, you don't have to have a subscription going forward. Is what a lot of people are theorizing. Microsoft has not confirmed this. However, comma we look at this Halo news we just got where they're saying Halo multiplayer is free to play. If you're making that free-to-play, it kind of makes sense that you might be getting away from the online subscription model just to play those online games. And let's be honest, if you go look at the numbers towards Game Pass, that's the more attractive feature. And you get people hooked in that way. They'll be like, I was paying 10 bucks a month for Xbox Live Gold. Why don't I pay 10 bucks a month or whatever for Xbox Game Pass, which gives me access to a bunch of these other games and things like that. So... I think it's interesting. So instead of getting 60 bucks a year for Xbox Live Gold, they'd get 120 bucks a year out of people for Game Pass, in theory. They'd also... Well, and with the Xbox Live Gold, did you get monthly games? Yes. Okay, so it was basically the same thing as like PlayStation Network, where PS Plus, we get two, sometimes three games each month for free. And then, yeah, you can play all the online games as part of the PS Plus. But then, yeah, the PlayStation Network has... What is it? The PlayStation Game Network? It's their version of like the access to 240 PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, if Xbox does this, you know, hell, there's a chance Sony will end up following task and doing the same thing. And hopefully then Nintendo does the same thing, even though they just instituted their own online system, which is a pain <laughs> in the ass to work with in some cases. And I still what? can't I still can't cloud back up my Pokemon save game so that if my console gets bricked, I've lost 100-plus hours of Pokemon because I can't back it up online. Meanwhile, every game I own on my Xbox, the save game is backed up in Microsoft's cloud. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying Nintendo has trouble with the online part right? of their game? Who would have thought, right? <laughs> yeah, all, all my Sony information is in the cloud. I can pop. I can hop onto anybody's PlayStation, sign into my account, and it will download all of my trophies, all of my game history, and every game I have access to in my digital library. And that's how my Xbox works as well. You just sign in yep. on someone's console and boop, there's all of your games, there's all of your content. Any game you've purchased, you can download and play on there, so long as you are signed in. Once you are no, no longer but, signed but, in, no one can play it. But not Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, also, to be fair, Nintendo's subscription is like 20 bucks a year, so it's not the end of the world. And I think I got like two years of it free because of Twitch or something like that. I can't remember. There was something like 12 months free through Twitch prime, which I get through Amazon prime. And I already had like a year subscription. So I've got a crap load of time left on my switch online access. But like if you're playing animal crossing right now on the Nintendo switch and you want to go visit your friend's Island, you have to have Nintendo switch online to do it. 
for instance. Mm. It's it's weird. I don't get it. I think it's interesting now to see that the kind of arbitrary paywall to online gaming is going away because there was never really a reason why this had to be a pay service, but people were going to pay it because yeah. they wanted to play Madden or Call of Duty or insert other game here with their friends. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it really was only for, yeah, like the online basketball, football, soccer games, and then some of the shooters. Like, that was the main reason that people paid for it. Mm-hmm. Any and game like, that yeah, was well, online. Now most, yeah, and now most of the like the big shooters are free-to-play games. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, no, you have to pay us a monthly fee to play this free game. Like, mm, that don't sound right. So yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that Fortnite and Apex and games like that are kind of making them change, kind of relook at this model, if not change it all the way around. Yep. Yeah. So we got that news that Halo Infinite multiplayer is free. The fact you can't five twelve find twelve month Xbox Live Gold cards, it makes it look like Microsoft's taking that paywall off to online gaming, which I think is a smart move, especially when you look at the fact that PC gaming's never really had it. If you want to play online, you just play yeah. online. Well, yeah, they, they weren't able to charge you on top of your internet service provider fee that you're already paying to get on the internet to charge you another online fee. But yeah, somehow we let the console fuckers do it. Nobody complained. <laughs> I mean, it's been interesting developments we've seen the past few years. We're seeing this change. We're seeing some crossplay opened up for things. Because remember, we had crossplay at one point uh-huh. accidentally enabled for Fortnite before they finally enabled it for Fortnite. We've got it for Rocket League across Xbox, PC, PlayStation 4, and Switch. I think you can play across all of them with each other. We're starting to see this model shift. Now, one of the things they haven't answered, whether we'll have cross-play on or not, is Marvel's Avengers, which is designed for playing online in groups with friends. I'm hoping there's cross-play, but yeah. I'm doubting there's cross-play. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, Apex and Dead by Daylight are getting it. So, I mean, odds are eventually all the all the games are going to tell the companies, hey, we need all the players to play together because that's the way we keep more people playing these games is that they all can play together no matter what system they're on. I think we have the Avengers beta coming up soon too. Open beta. I want to say it's next week for PlayStation is when it starts. So I'm pretty sure I know what Willie's going to be talking about next week, assuming I have those dates right. Well, it's another week after that for the Xbox and that's where my pre-order is. So I won't see it until then. Sad face. Them thick, thick Avengers. (laughs) <laughs> it's started to grow on me a little bit i don't know we'll get into the we'll talk about the appearance of, of the avengers and the avengers game once the beta starts there's no reason to start beating on it now after we've already beat the dead <laughs> horse a little bit too <laughs> what do you got for news for us bachman uh start off with a little bit of sad news uh, i was up late late enough last night to see um we lost rilford brimley yesterday at 85 he died august 1st 2020 Born September 27th, 1934. Wilford Brimley had been around for a while. Dude made it 85 years. And lovely, uh, one of my favorite comedians, also from All Fantasy Everything, Ian Carmel, who seems to be on the ball with these, uh, sent out a tweet last night saying, Wilford Brimley died at 85, shot down in his prime, or gunned (laughs) down in his prime. I'm like, that's just fucking hilarious. And yeah, th- this was the actor that's been an old man since apparently grade school. Um, for those that don't remember, uh, Cocoon was one of the biggest movies in the world in 1985. And if you do the math, he was 50. He was playing a retired senior citizen in this movie when he was 50 years old. <laughs> the joke now is that Tom Cruise just did the last Mission Impossible movie where he like flew off a cliff in a helicopter as an action star 
at 50. Like, those are two very different characters, and yet they work together in a movie called The Firm. <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, uh, medical and, you know, training technology yeah. and the thought that goes into it has changed a lot since 1985 <laughs> yes. till Quite now. Like, a lot. Matt, we know Tom Cruise... Say what you want about him. Dude trains his ass off to be able to do all of those stunts. And oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's popping a little mutant growth hormone. Like, his, <laughs> his muscle mass has looked a little dense. What are you talking about? That's all the power of Scientology, man. Yeah, that which comes with mutant growth hormone. That's, <laughs> but yeah, like, if you go back, so, like, born in, what did I say? It was 30, 34? Yeah, so born in 1934, on his IMDb, the first listed credit is in the original True Grit with John Wayne, he has an uncredited minor role in 1969. So at 35, and I'm betting you, if you see him in the background there, I'll bet you he's got the mustache, and I'll bet you he looks 60. And he was 35 years old, and I'll bet you he looks 60. Because from everything I've ever seen, all the photos of him, all the video, Wilford Brimley has always looked like an old man. Yeah. But then, yeah, like he did some classic TV. He was on Kung Fu. He was on the Oregon Trail. He was on the Waltons. He was on How the West Was Won. And then he starts killing it in the movies. The China Syndrome. The Electric Horseman. Um, Roughnecks on TV. Rodeo Girl. Borderline. Uh, Absence of Malice. And then the one that I always knew him for before everything else. Before Quaker Oats. Before The Firm. Before any of that. Before Dabas. Before any of that. In 1982, Dr. Blair, he was in John Carpenter's remake of The Thing. And he's the character that self-isolates to try to not get anybody else sick, but also because he's paranoid that one of them might be the goddamn alien. And it's a great role. If you haven't seen it, go watch. The the remake of The Thing by John Carpenter is one of the greatest sci-fi horror films of all time. It is fantastic. The effects still hold up to this day, and they are super creepy. And Wilford Brimley kills it in this movie. It's so good. I forgot he'd done Seinfeld and Homicide and guest appearances. Oh, and Walker, Texas Ranger. Where's Conan O'Brien with the Walker lever when you need it? Ewoks, the battle for Endor. He was in a Star Wars movie. We we pretend that doesn't exist anymore. It still counts. Is it even on (laughs) Disney Plus? I don't even know. No, the, the Ewoks <laughs> movies are not. They're the only Star Damn. Wars thing. No, holiday it's, special. Uh, e- yeah, the Holiday special and the Ewoks movies are the one things that they're like, no, no, those are staying in the vault. I mean, <laughs> the, the Holiday special is not good, but I will say the Battle for Endor is slightly better than the Holiday special by all accounts. Yeah. But yeah, like, and I mean, dude kept working, worked through the 90s. He did The Firm with Tom Cruise, he did Hard Target with freaking Jean Claude Van Damme. He played Jean Claude Van Damme's uncle in a martial arts action flick. <laughs> Like, he did all sorts of stuff. And then, yeah, Walker, Texas Ranger, Homicide, Life on the Street. Uh, he narrated different stuff. Uh, Last of the Dogmen. Uh, he was in, um, yeah, Seinfeld, Progeny, Some of the Monkeys, All My Friends Are Cowboys. Uh, went back and did more TV movies, Crossfire Trail, The Ballad of Lucy Whipple. Working all throughout, you know, the, two, the, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. He had literally just done, I believe, in 2017, playing a pastor, and he still has a movie called Cellophane that's still in pre-production. So if they already shot his parts, he might still have another movie coming out after his death, after 85 years. The man worked solidly for over 50 years in film and television and always looked 80. (laughs) 
77 actor credits show up on IMDb. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, doesn't even include all the different diabetes commercials he did, too. I mean, he did a shitload of those. Yeah, and he is the Quaker Oats I mean, man. Like, yeah. most people wouldn't know how Quaker much, Oats if it wasn't for Wilford Brimley. I wonder how much money he made off the Quaker Oats stuff and then also the diabetes commercials. I mean, it, it couldn't have been bad. I bet those royalty checks were fucking working. I mean, that's what I'm I mean, thinking. Yeah, he's been in commercials on television I would say for a solid 40 years, like, cause I, I want to say he started doing the Quaker Oats stuff in the late seventies. Like I've, as long as I've been alive, I remember Wilford Brimley being the Quaker Oats guy. Like, I don't think I ever saw a Quaker Oats commercial that he wasn't in. So I, don't I mean, really yeah, remember that's a, at Oats least commercials, 40 years. I'll be honest. <laughs> I do. I remember when I was a kid, I remember like four or five, I remember Quaker Oats commercials on TV, like during Saturday morning cartoons. So I mean that would be like 1982 at at the probably at the latest. Yeah, I mean he's he's probably did 40 years worth of commercials. The royalty checks on those alone, like yeah, and yeah, the the diabetes supplies, like you know, it, it became a meme and a huge joke. But that's a motherfucking check. But that's he a was check that shows up every month. He was in on the joke though too. Like he was oh, cracking yeah, jokes yeah. about it on Twitter and stuff too. Which that's exactly. part of what you've got to do if, if the internet's going to make a punchline out of something, just roll with it, exactly. and then you become an icon of the internet. Everyone's like, "I effing love Wilfred Brimley." Hell yeah, <laughs> and he was great. So I mean, yeah, I, honestly, go go. Oh yeah, dude, he was in Where the Red Fern Grows. He played the grandpa in Part Two. Oh, like, yeah. that's one of the greatest movies ever. So yeah, go go find you some Wilfred Brimley this weekend. Go go find you. I'm gonna go rewatch the thing. I haven't watched it in a couple of months. It's one of my favorite movies. And yeah, him and fucking Snake Plissken trying to fight a crazy alien. Like, it's it's just plain good stuff. So I'm going to rewatch that. But yeah, but yeah, rest in peace with for really gunned down in his prime at 85. <laughs> fucking yeah. Ian Carmel killing it with the, with the, with the Twitter joke. Uh, the, the bit of news I had, though, was we actually got uh, on comicbookmovie.com. Allegedly, I'm just gonna say allegedly because allegedly, yeah, it, it's an article from August second, so it's literally from today. They just put it out. It says Sang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings is preparing to resume production in Australia. A uh, local news channel report shows that the film crew is back to work constructing the film's sets, and the report also states the film's cast has returned to the area. Production should begin again within the next few days. They had already started production and shut down when the coronavirus pandemic struck. Uh, let's see. It says the virus has spread, forced production to halt, and moved Disney to delay the film's release from February to May 2021, as the two Marvel movies preceding it were shuffled back. So basically just everything's being pushed forward, and then all the movies after those are just following suit and being shuffled further and further down the line. So basically every time Black Widow gets delayed, every movie after it will also be having an additional delay. So, it, it, yeah, it basically means until we can see Black Widow in the theater, we're not going to see any Marvel properties because they're they're still going to stick with their timeline of what stories they're releasing in what order. Because, well, as we know, there's post-credit sequences, and usually those lead to either the next film or two films down the road or some type of tie-in. Like Hashtag gonna, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah, it's all connected. We may not have – it may not be a specific Sing-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings post-credit sequence, but I'll bet you there's something at the end of Black Widow that leads to something else down the line. Yeah, so everything will keep getting shifted. Um, and then, yeah, they also said uh, Sem- Simu Lu, who stars as Sing-Chi, um, and Tony Lung plays the villain, the Mandarin. They're all apparently confirmed on social media that they were posting from Australia. 
So it looks like all the actors that are going are in that cast are already down in Australia. So, I mean, that their geotags are popping up from another continent. We can be pretty sure that they apparently, you know, threw on three or four masks, grabbed some hand sanitizer and risked the flight to Australia. And, you know, if hopefully all everything goes well. They stay safe. They keep, you know, the whole crew isolated. Because, I mean, I guess, you know, once you test the entire crew, like the whole thing that they, all the sports franchises are trying, if you can get one hotel on lockdown or, you know, one place where everybody's staying, you get the whole set, the whole, you know, film studio on lockdown where you're filming. Keep everybody isolated that's on work on that project, but isolated together. I mean, at least then you're not isolated alone in your house. You know, at least you're around people. Like, right. hell, that's probably that's probably helpful for a lot of their mental health right. and, you know, and getting to go back to work. They need to do their own bubble like the NBA. I mean, yeah. I guess in theory you could do that depending on how big your set is and stuff like that. You could treat most of that as hey we're contained here i mean if you do stuff like they did in the mandalorian you kind of reduce the need to have to actually go film in the outside world at times well i mean you know it's it's a martial arts film like how many giant set pieces do you really need for saying chi like we have to figure there's probably gonna be a couple of larger scenes but you got to figure most of it can be shot on a stage and yeah you throw some disney money at it you you know wrap a studio in a bubble put 600 people inside of it and say, don't come out until you're done filming the movie. Like Disney can afford to they'll, do that. They'll just put them on the set of the Mandalorian to go use all their fun toys for anything they can't do. Remember yeah, season I mean, two is yeah. already season two is in post-production on Mandalorian. So they're not using their tools and all their fun gadgets right now. Yeah. It, it is kind of weird that I, yeah, it, it makes you wonder when they have, what is it? The expanse? Like, why are you flying people to Australia? When you can make a digital set look like anything. Well, Why wouldn't they just film everything on the expanse? Because this digital set technology is pretty damn new and pretty expensive. It's probably cheaper for them to have real sets and to go on location somewhere in some cases. Disney made a commitment to saying, this is going to be expensive regardless, but if we do this now, it hurts short term and then long term potentially saves us some money, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it looks like allegedly... We've got the next Marvel film going back into production, so they're 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 risking it for the biscuit. Disney wants your dollar, so they're 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 you know taking that first step forward of trying to put stuff back into production, trying to get things going again. And you know, I, I wish them all the best. I hope to God they don't have a COVID outbreak on the set because I mean, right? I, I was thinking about it too, like you have to figure, you know, Simulu probably just did the thing that we already just saw Kamel on Johnny do which is get in the best shape of his life. Simu Lu's probably been doing the Marvel workout for at least the last eight months, and then COVID strikes, and they're like, oh, we can't film for three months. Oh, but you, you the star of the movie, you have to keep eating rice and chicken breast and working out six days a week because you have to keep looking like that until we're ready to start filming. Yeah, That's got to be a giant pain in the ass. It's like, well, you set a date. You have to be in perfect physical shape on this date, and you meet that goal, and you hit that date, and they go... It's going to be another 90 days. It's going to be another 60 days. It's going to be another six months. Like, that would be, I mean, you know, we, we saw Hugh Jackman do it, like, destroyed his body multiple times to get in incredible physical shape. But he never got to the day one of shooting that someone go, oh, we're going to wait six months. Stay in the shape you're in. Mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> like, ouch. That right. would fucking hurt so bad. <laughs> well, and before, before we wrap up the news here, we did mention Mandalorian and the fact that their set and all of that should bring up because it is arguably relatively big news for Disney plus 
being in their first year in existence. The Mandalorian got 15 Emmy nominations. Indeed. 15. Yeah, it it fucking killed it on the nomination. I mean, and some of the cool ones, Taika Waititi was kind of geeking out online. He was nominated for Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance as the nurse and droid. They were nominated for special effects, which technically means the child got a nomination. Well, if you go and look <laughs> at the behind-the-scenes stuff of how they built their own new special effects tools... Oh, yeah, yeah they, they should have gotten that nomination. I'm looking through here. Outstanding sound editing, outstanding character voiceover performance, outstanding production design for a narrative program, outstanding single character picture editing, outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. They have two different nominations there. Uh, yeah, three. and didn't uh, El Pollo Loco, the, didn't he get a nomination for supporting yes, character? I hadn't gotten down that far yet, but yeah. Oh. Outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series, which makes sense. Outstanding music composition. Ludwig Gorenson. I'm already screwed up his name. He got it. And for those that aren't familiar, he's been working forever in a whole bunch of things. I didn't know, for instance, like he did the music on Community. He was friends with Donald yeah. Glover, so he's done a lot of music with Donald Glover behind the scenes. Outstanding guest actor in a drama series, Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. That was awesome, and he totally deserves it because he's fantastic in it. They got nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, so just that's a huge one right there. They probably won't win because it's Star Wars, so people will poo-poo it. Outstanding Sound Mixing, Outstanding Visual Special Effects, Outstanding Stunt Coordination, Outstanding Cinematography, Outstanding Sci-Fi slash Fantasy Costumes. They got nominated for all sorts of stuff, and it's hard to say when you go back and look at that show that they didn't deserve it because the production values are through the yeah. roof on there. And Giancarlo Esposito was awesome as Moff Gideon. He's kind of been teasing some of the stuff coming up in season two, and you can tell he's having fun with it. And then he was also teasing the fact Motherfucker's that... Motherfucker's got that dark saber. I know. He was also <laughs> teasing the fact that he might have something coming up with Marvel, but didn't say what it was. So everyone's like, oh my God, what's he doing? What's he doing? I, I know what I want it to be, but it probably won't be this. I okay, want what do you want it to be? Professor Charles Xavier. Uh, yeah let's flip that whole dynamic on its head rich white man from connecticut that gives all his money to create a mutant school i don't care about that part but he's he also good evil so well yeah but he seemed to hint that he was playing a good guy i want to see him as the leader <sighs> the gamma irradiated super intelligent villain for the hulk well we get to see him once and then he'd be done i want him as professor x or because uh, he'd be Marvel in there hasn't forever. been killing off their villains like fucking Hollywood movies used to do yeah, as but much. I think the leader tech, well, they already sort of teased the leader back in the incredible Hulk movie. We all just forgot about it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm saying those other characters, none of the actors from that are coming back. So I, I would love to see him play the leader because I, I think he could pull off the giant head and that takes some serious acting. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, it's funny. Cause yeah, the, on uh, CNN's uh, website, they're talking about the fact that with Veep game of Thrones, and all the other old shows being gone this year, like it made for a lot of other shows having a chance. And so, yeah, The Mandalorian, Insecure, and Shit's Creek got a ton of nominations. Netflix got 160 nominations for their shows. Like, you, yeah, there's no way to stop streaming services at this point. Yeah. And, yeah, and Watchmen got a ton of nominations as well. That ship like, has sailed Watchmen, on... Watchmen is going to gonna get some Emmys. Yeah, the ship has sailed now on streaming tv yeah. not being of the same quality i think you can argue that streaming can put more cash 
into production set design and not be limited to, oh, it's a 60-minute block. You can only go 42 minutes because we need commercials. Streaming's yeah. like you can have whatever you need to tell the story. It's like when you watch The Witcher, one episode's going to be 45 minutes. The next episode might be 63 minutes because that's just how they're going to tell the story appropriately during that block. Yeah, and with Netflix being on every device made in the world now, it mm-hmm. puts more eyes on the product. Like, the you know, Netflix numbers are still killing most of what any movie's ever going to see in the theater. Unless you're Endgame, you're not going to break Netflix numbers on just a Netflix movie that comes out like Old Guard. Like, hundreds of millions of people watch Old Guard already. Because it's on their Netflix account. They don't have to go anywhere. Just turn it on. You also have an advantage in Netflix, which is I don't have to debate whether I'm going to go to the theater to see something I've been questionable on that would cost me 15 bucks plus concessions, plus if my kids and wife are going. It's, oh, I already have a Netflix subscription, so let me give this a try because it doesn't cost me anything extra. And you can be like, holy shit, I actually like this. Or, oh, man, that was really bad, but at least I didn't have to spend extra money for it. Yeah. You you can watch the first two episodes of a season of something go, ah, this isn't for me. It doesn't cost you nothing. I mean, it's the whole value proposition yeah. of the extraction. Some people thought it was super dumb. Some people loved it. But it was, hey, you didn't have to go to the theater and spend extra cash. It was, you're already a Netflix subscriber, so give this yep. a try. And if you liked it, that's great. And if you didn't, hey, you gave it a shot, and it didn't cost you anything. Well, anything extra, let me rephrase. Yeah, because you already paid your monthly fee. It's just now you have access to all this catalog, mm-hmm. all these things. Mm-hmm. That was I watched... I watched the first three or four episodes of the the new She-Ra Princess of Power. I didn't even know it was out. Not for me. Great oh, yeah, show. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, when they did it like two yeah. years ago. Sorry, I was thinking like, there was I, another season or something. Yeah, there. no. I was interested, so I checked it out. It's like, yeah, I'm definitely not the target audience. Like, this is a badass cartoon for little girls, basically. And it's extremely well made. Great voice acting. I was like, okay, cool. Not for me, but very cool. And so I watched four episodes and went on to another show. Mm-hmm. I also didn't feel the need to spend all my time online talking about how I didn't like the way She-Ra looked. Yeah, yeah. Some people just need <laughs> to let it go. That's all. Yeah, everything is not for everybody. George Carlin used to say the radio has two dials: one to turn it off and on, and one to change the fucking channel. Yeah. If you don't like it, it's not for you. You're not wrong. That being <laughs> said, we are about to start wrapping things up. How we wrap things up on this show is a little segment called "What I'm Into." It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and/or nerdy things we've been getting into so that you might want to go check them out yourselves. I will start us off this week and say, I meant to start on this last night, but I didn't. I saw that the Harley Quinn cartoon that is on DC Universe is now on HBO Max, two seasons of it, and I want to watch it because I've heard it's good. I added it to my queue. I was about to start the first episode, and I can't remember what I got distracted by, but I got distracted by something and didn't have a chance (laughs) to start it yet. But I did get as far as adding it to my queue, so I consider that a win right now. (laughs) Well, you you have some Ron Funches fun coming your way because apparently he plays King Shark. Nice. I do love Ron Funches. Who doesn't love Ron Funches? Communists. (laughs) That's who. Even communists like Bunches of funches. I, I, I promise. They probably can't admit it in public, That's but fair. I bet you they like him. Also been playing a bit more Fable 3 because it's just stuck in my head after that announcement, so I've been replaying that. Um, replay, excuse me, not replayed, played a little bit more of Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch as kind of my need to pick up something and do some grinding in between other stuff. It's still really fun. I actually picked up Pokemon Go for the first time in ages. You can't go anywhere, but I guess they've updated the games. So that there's a lot more random spawns, and you don't actually have to go out in the world as much to be able to do things. And you can remote go and do raids and things like that now. So, I so will, is there a Poke spot you can reach from your house? 
No, but you get a daily gift right now. Everyone gets a daily gift that'll give you uh, X number of Pokeballs and stuff like that. And your uh, research will automatically refill one per day at this point in time, your field research. So okay. they've made it so that you can play it more from home. I guess last week was the Go Festival and my wife was playing. I was like, oh, yeah, Pokemon Go. I haven't played that in forever because I can't go anywhere. So I never really think about playing it from home. But I guess they've morphed it so that you could do a lot more from home. Let's see. Other stuff I'm getting into. Watched AEW Dynamite this week. It was kind of hit or miss when you start with a 10-man tag team uh, match to start the show. It's a little rough. But I will say the this. Best friends and friends. It's true. Against the inner circle. <laughs> it did this week had one of the best promos I've seen in years on Dynamite. It was Maxwell Jacob Freeman, Friedman, excuse me, pitching himself to as being undefeated, as bringing X number of eyes on the things, as being the one who needs to get the next title shot against John Moxley. And I thought it was going to go super political, but he took that expectation and kind of used it to screw with me. And it was just a perfect heelish promo where he acted like a total asshole, but at the same time, you're like, he's kind of right at the same time. So he's the asshole that's sort of right, and you're kind of sitting there going, I hate you so much, but you're right. And then when you can take off that, here's how I'm reacting, how you go, God damn, this 24, 25-year-old kid had everyone eating out of the palm of his hand for yeah. 10 minutes just cutting this promo. I'm like, this kid is damn talented. I don't know that he's going to get the title shot because he's 24, 25 years old. I'm not sure. That's a lot of pressure to be the face of a company at 24, 25 years old if you put the title on him. That's not to say he couldn't do it. But man, you're, I just was going, whew. I think he could do it. The kid is really good. If you haven't had a chance to see it and you're a pro wrestling fan, I'm pretty sure they put the entire promo up on uh, their YouTube channel, AEW's YouTube channel. And I yeah, because I think there were like four or five Twitter accounts that are AEW like associated that that linked to it. So yeah, it's got, I think the whole promo is up. And I guess he created a website, MaxwellJacobFriedman.com, and it got crashed right after they posted nice. it because it was all about here's why I should get the title shot. Here's why I'm so great. Here's our trending hashtags I want you to use. Here's how you reach out to people and tell them to give me a title shot. It's really good. He's really good on the mic. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, how did WWE pass on this kid when he, when he applied? Uh -huh. I mean, granted he applied four years ago. So he was probably what, like 20 years old, 19, 20 years old at that point uh -huh. in time. I'm sitting there. I'm like, this kid's going to be a star. And I really enjoyed it. And it had me marking out as a jaded, bitter old wrestling <laughs> fan. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So the kudos, best kudos. villains are heroes in their own story. And he's fucking doing it well. Oh, and he's doing like the whole 80s style gimmick, which is he lives his gimmick. Like if yeah. you see him in public, he is always living the gimmick. Like he's signing autographs at a convention. And like this kid wants an autograph with him. And there's actually some people who get really pissed about it. And you've got him and he signs an autograph. And he kind of looks at the kid and the kid poses for a picture. And he just gets this disgusted look on his face and just flips the kid, the bird while they're taking the photo. And a bunch <laughs> of people got mad, but like the dad of the kids, like I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> there you go. As long as the fans happy, fuck everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Some people yep. don't understand how wrestling gimmicks work and how kayfabe works. Yeah. Well, and some, some people don't realize that that used to be a thing where like, Villains and heroes weren't allowed to be seen in public together. Right. Like, I mean, it used to be a real thing where it's like, no, part of your job is if you're a bad guy, you're a bad guy anywhere you go in public. You can't be the Iron Sheik and be nice to people. Like, you have to be an asshole everywhere you go because you're a bad guy on TV. You can't tell me, like, Ric Flair didn't live his gimmick. 
to this day, oh, he's yeah. living his gimmick. <laughs> Flair has been styling and profiling for seven years. He's never going to stop. Yeah, well, Hulk Hogan lived his gimmick when in the eighties yeah. and nineties. Nowadays, everyone knows that Hulk Hogan's kind of a shitty dude. Oh but. man. Um. Oh shit. Who's the artist? The guy that does like the super great uh, Photoshop versions of posters and stuff. Boss I can't Logic. think of his name. Boss Logic. Did you see his Hulkamania poster? Yes. Chris Hemsworth as Hogan. It looked so good. Well, I saw that and I like I stopped breathing. I'm like, that would be amazing. Well, he's he's playing Hogan in a movie. Oh, is he doing yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, he, he's doing the Hulk Hogan biopic. He is Hulk Hogan. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, yeah, think, I think he's, he's doing that. The Boss Logic poster because, yeah, it stunned me when I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. I think he's supposed to do that after Thor, after the Thor movie. Was what the original plan after Love was. and Thunder? After Love and Thunder, I'm not 100 percent nah, sure. I will look it up and try and find out more. But why don't you let us know what you've been getting into while I dig into that? <laughs> uh, I have a huge thank you to give to someone I don't know who it is because uh, when I went to go pick up my comic books this week, uh, like the first twenty dollars worth of my comics had actually already been bought and paid for, wrapped with a, a receipt saying it was bought and paid for. So um, I don't know if it was one of the clerks at my store. I don't know if it was the owner. It's just a thank you. Or if it was one of my friends, but somebody wouldn't pay for some of my comics. So that was really cool. Walked in and yeah, didn't have to actually pay for like 20 bucks worth. So I got, uh, let's see, I had three, I had two Amazing Spider-Mans and the in-between uh, Sins Rising. So we're dealing with all the Kindred stuff, with all this crazy nightmares that Parker's been having. Which led to the Sins prequel, uh, Sins Rising, which is actually the return of the Sin Eater. So Kindred actually brought back the Sin Eater, the character who killed Gene DeWolf. Uh, the crazy cop who murdered people and then took on their sins has been resurrected by Kindred, so that's been super creepy. Uh, got the third issue of the new Wolverine run, uh, still dealing with uh, the crazy um, people stealing flowers from Kakoa with a beautiful artwork by Kubert. I mean, it's I, ha- I had stopped getting the Wolverine comics a while ago. I was getting the Tom Taylor ones, and then they started them up again. I was like, eh, no big deal. And they're like, oh, no, we're restarting the regular Wolverine book. With actual Logan, and it's going to be drawn by Kubert. I couldn't say no, and it's still it's just a gorgeous book. Um, the Empire stuff is in you know the crossover books, so I picked up X Men number ten. Eh, kind of a goofy issue. It's all Vulcan centric, and eh, I finished reading it this morning, but I mean it has a tie in with the Kotati, but no big deal. Uh, but actually reading the Empire stuff digitally um, on my Comicsology app. It's kind of a weird thing. It's Cree and Skull combined together versus the Avengers versus the Fantastic Four, and then everybody realizes the Kotati played them all, and now they're all going against the Kotati, which is like this crazy vegetation race. So it, it's, you know, it's another weird crossover yeah, event. That sounds But weird. Uh, then I did get one more that I haven't read yet. I'm pretty sure I'll be adding it to my poll list, but after you know, the announcement that The Walking Dead is coming back in the colored Walking Dead, um, Kirkman also hit us with Negan Libs. So I haven't read this yet, but I'm about to find out apparently what happens next after Negan left. So I'm going to read that. I have a feeling I'll probably be adding that to my poll list. And then uh, it was actually free comic book day last week, which, you know, a lot of us not leaving our house, you know, weren't aware of. But I was able to grab two books. Uh, My shop is doing it to where you can grab two books each week. And so they're just kind of slowly doling them out instead of having a big event because, of course, nobody's trying to get 200 people in a store right now. Uh, so I was able to grab two this week. So I actually picked up the Stranger Things free comic book day comic. 
So I'll be reading that this week. And then I actually picked up uh, one of the Power Rangers books because Chris keeps talking about it. I figured I got to give him a shot. So I got those to read as well. And then um, I've been playing um, a bunch of Apex, got up to, uh, I finally broke level 300 yesterday, and I'm level 98, I think, on the Battle Pass, so I'm almost done with the Battle Pass for this season. Um, had a bunch of just fun games. I actually finally got me um, the Sony back paddle buttons, so I have the buttons underneath that makes it easier to where you can like jump and slide without having to take your uh, your thumb off the stick. So you can still you can like jump and slide and aim and shoot all at the same time with the back buttons. But because of that, I'm having to relearn how to hold my controller. And so the last couple of nights have been a pain in the ass because uh, one night I had an awful headache the whole day and then was trying to relearn how to do something. And combining those things together is super aggravating. But my, my friends were nice and dealing with me trying to try to live through it. Um, and then, yeah, I had a, had a super fun match yesterday. Uh, I actually ended up being the kill leader at one point with seven kills, which is my second highest kill total ever. Like, the best game I've ever had, I had eight kills. Nice. So doing it with the new controller layout and the new buttons and being able to, like, run, jump, slide, and reload all at the same time while aiming and moving, like, I'm, I'm getting a handle on it. A month from now, it'll probably be totally normal. But, yeah, just relearning that's been a pain in the butt. But, yeah, had a great had a great couple of matches. And then, yeah, um, getting ready for all the Apex Season 6 stuff that's going to start pretty soon. Um, yeah, playing Ghost of Tsushima. I've been slow playing that. Like, there's all sorts of people finishing the game. I'm like, no, I'm going to do side quests. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ride my fucking horse around and just gather Have some bamboo. I just finished Act 1. Oh, wow. I've had the game for almost two weeks. And, yeah, I've just been slow playing the hell out of it. I finally finished the first act. And, like, just the storytelling part of going and finishing. Because, like, you have all these side quests, and then you have, like, a list of quests. Like, once you do these six, the story's going to progress. Like, here's the main story list. Here's six missions. As you do them, it fucking actually draws a line through them. Like, it actually checks off your list as you're going. So you know exactly where you are in the story. And, yeah, so I've been slow playing it and just enjoying the hell out of it. It, it's it's like web swinging in Spider-Man. It's like, you know, I just want to relax for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to swing from, like, the south side of Manhattan all the way to the north side of the island. I just call Sora, hop on my horse, go riding through the bamboo forest, collect some flowers and some bamboo sometimes for 10, 20 minutes, and then go find a horde of Mongols and chop their fucking heads off. And yeah, it's just it's a blast of a game. I love it so much. It's probably my favorite open-world game. I, it, I might like it more than Spider-Man. Like wow. it is such a blast, and that's high praise. It's also it's also such a different thing because I mean it's very much not the same type of game because I love the Amazing Spider-Man game. It was so good. I can't wait for the next one. But yeah, I mean I I enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn, but I wasn't like hooked on it. I've played Ghost of Tsushima almost every day, and yeah, like I said, I've just now finished the first act. I'm slow playing it all the way through because I want this game to last as long as possible. It is going to be my game of the year. I don't think there's anything else coming out this year that's going to beat it. And honestly, during the time of COVID and quarantine, having the extra time to play it just makes it so much better. And yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. If you've enjoyed any open game ever, any open world game ever, like I think you should buy Ghost of Tsushima. Like once it goes on sale, at some point, everybody should own this game because there's nothing about this game that isn't amazing. And the fact that you can actually play it in Kurosawa mode is one of the coolest things ever. I can't wait to do at some point I'm gonna do a full replay and I will go through the whole thing in Kurosawa mode. Nice and like go crazy ninja special. Like the first time through I'm trying to do like all my samurai stuff first, 
I'm making the character like as honorable as possible. And it's like, yeah, when I play it the second time, I'm just going to be a dick. <laughs> so it's one of those games where like, I already am planning at least a second, if not a third playthrough, because the game is so much fun. Nice. So yeah, Ghost of Tsushima kills it. And then um, I was up late last night and almost finished season two of Umbrella Academy. I have one more episode to go today. Um, they let Ellen Page like kick some ass as Vanya. Um, the first season, the there's so much craziness. Having just reread all three of the trades, I re-caught up on the first what happened in the first season. I'm like, oh yeah, they changed this, they changed that. Because, of course, the show is definitely not the book. Um, the second season of the show is even more not the book. It is such a different story than what's in the second and third trades, uh, the incident in Dallas. And at the same time, I love it. It's so well done. Uh, the actors come back for the second season, and it they give you more of everything you want. Um, Seance, Kraken, Space Boy, like, they're all fucking fantastic. And, yeah, honestly, Ellen Page gets to kill it in almost every scene and uh, the actress that plays Alice in Rumor has a really cool change of what her character does in the second season. And um, just lots of actual character growth, which you see in these characters, which is weird because, you know, it's a family of fuck-ups of superpowers. But yeah, I'm getting ready to... Uh, we have one more episode to go. I'll probably watch that today to finish it. Season 2 of Umbrella Academy is at least as good as Season 1. It's an utterly fantastically well-made show. And yeah, if you haven't watched the first season, like it's totally binge worthy uh, Gerard way. And those guys created some super unique characters. Uh, Gabriel Ba, the, the artist they, uh, those two created some super unique characters in the umbrella Academy. And yeah, it's one of those things where this show is utterly not the comic, like almost at all. It's so different. And yet it's done so well that it like it's sometimes they make changes going from comic book to movie where it's just, you can tell it's just a producer putting their thumb on the scale saying, Hey, I want my fingerprint on this. I want people to know I worked on it. And umbrella Academy is 100% not that you can tell it's a bunch of people that love the characters. And we're like, we want to show like the coolest thing we can do with these characters in roughly the same story. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's, you can tell it's done with love and it's done by super intelligent, super talented people. But yeah, I, I'll be happy to. I'll be happily finishing that today. Nice. And that's what I've been getting into. So I pulled up some info real quick on Hemsworth's Hogan Hogan flick. <laughs> Hogan. It was announced last year the actor would play the iconic wrestler in the movie, said to focus on Hogan's rise to fame in the '80s, directed by Joker's Todd Phillips. Speaking in a new interview, he talked about the body transformation, saying this movie is going to be a really fun project. As you can imagine, the preparation will be insanely physical. I have to put on more size than I ever have before, even more than I'd put on for Thor. And then there's the accent as well as the physicality and the attitude. I will also have to deep dive into the rabbit hole of the wrestling world, which I'm really looking forward to doing. Hemsworth added, it's going to be fun to see himself sporting Hogan's iconic mustache. I'm going to be blonde, probably balding with a stash, he said. There you go. Uh, he has not seen a script for the Netflix movie, which is still, quote, quite a while away. It's in deep development, evidently. He's been talking to the director from time to time. That, it is a Netflix movie, though, evidently. So that's what turned me off to it. Todd Phillips. I am not a fan of that dude. Yeah, me neither. Well, I liked him Joke. better when he was doing comedies versus when he thought he, yeah. Yeah, when he thinks he's spiffy and better than comic books and then did a comic book movie and wanted to say that it wasn't popular because it was a comic book character. Yeah. But And it, hey, guess what? wasn't a great fucking movie either uh, joker, joker was tripe shit yeah no one has been a good it as was, good on the big screen as ledger's joker well and 
Joaquin Phoenix wasn't bad. Yeah. It just wasn't a good movie. The script is weak. Everybody fucking fell over that thing like it was the new coming of Christ, and it was fucking poorly written. Like, ugh. Yeah, I didn't really care about it. I still haven't seen it because I don't really care. It's on HBO Max now, so maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. I had a free rental at Redbox. That's the only way I finally watched it. I was like, I'm not paying for that fucking movie. I got a free rental, so I watched it. Glad I didn't pay a dollar. <laughs> I would have wanted a refund. So one last thing before we <laughs> shut things down. I looked on my Facebook today, so we do have to say a happy birthday to one of our former co-hosts. It's Naki's birthday today. I doubt she oh. listens to us, but if you do, Naki, happy birthday as we record this live on the 2nd. Happy birthday, Naki. We miss you. Willie took the day off in your honor so that uh, he wouldn't be uh, in your yeah. seat. <laughs> okay. I just want to hear Chris Hemsworth say, training, saying your prayers, eating your vitamins. I want to know who's going to play the macho man. He has to. Oh. <laughs> no. Um. Have you listened to the uh, the Nerdist? They had uh, fucking shit. Uh, Death Saves. Uh, Joe Manganiello. Oh. He was on twice, both times. He did his impersonation of Macho Man Randy Savage, and he's the size and shape. He could do it, and go. he perfectly imitates Macho Man's voice. If they don't get him, they're fucking up. He could be Macho Man's clone, dude. It's so good when he does the voice. It's scary good. I do love me some Macho Man Randy Savage. Let's just put it that way. So before we shut this thing down, a friendly reminder, we do stream All Things Good and Nerdy live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over on Geeks.Live. Yes, that is an official URL where you can find our Twitch page embedded in the chat room. While you're there, scroll down to the bottom of the page. You can see a calendar of all of the upcoming live events on Geeks.Live that you can come participate be a part of the chat room. I strongly encourage you, come visit Geeks.Live on the 3rd, tomorrow as we record this, at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time for an all-new GunnaGeek.com show where we are now back to being able to have guests. So it will be a four-man show tomorrow with Michelle Ely joining us for the first time in a while. It'll be a fun one. Nice. Any final thoughts as we shut this thing down, Bachman? Go, go get you some Quaker Oats. Help avoid the diabetes. The diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you all next week for another week of more horse crap shenanigans. Until then, bye guys. Shenanigans! Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over to our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. <laughs>